0: Section One of What She Said and What She Meant and People Who Haven't Time and Can't Afford It. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. What She Said and What She Meant by Pansy. Chapter One Seed Sowing Her name was Mrs. Marks and she sat at the time of which i write in her neat little sewing-room everything pertaining to mrs marks was neat she was sewing this too was characteristic of her quiet moments she could never be accused of eating the bread of idleness she had company an intimate friend mrs silas eastman by name this lady was a dear neighbor and often ran in to have little social chats with her friend you would like to form your opinion of their character by listening to their conversation this in a degree you shall do i will pass over the weather suffice it to say that they discussed it in all its present dryness and prospective dampness and disposed of it turning promptly to that other most fascinating topic among married women that is hired help have you a good girl now mrs marks that lady paused long enough in her sewing to raise her eyes and her eyebrows slightly as she answered what a question mrs eastman is there any such thing known in these degenerate days well they are scarce i admit but now and then you do find one who really seems to be a treasure i just came from mrs streeters and she tells me her girl is almost perfect how long has she had her the tone was exceedingly significant mrs eastman feels it well only a few weeks to be sure but then if a girl can do well for two or three weeks why can't she for a longer time ah that is the question why can't she i have often had occasion to ask that and have never yet been able to answer mrs eastman gives a sympathetic little sigh she is conscious of a desire to have the girl in question hold out well though she admits a dawning sense of the improbability of it well i'm sure i hope this girl will prove one of the rare exceptions mrs streeter needs good help if any one does with her family of little children who is the girl mrs eastman she belongs to a family who have lately moved here americans they live down on water street and are quite poor andrews the name is o oh. did you ever hear that sort of o oh pronounced if not how is it possible to make you understand how it sounded in mrs eastman's ears a whole volume of unwritten history was wrapped up in it about the luckless family who were so unfortunate as to bear the name of andrews the history of the grandfather of the andrews and the grandmother of the andrews on the father's side and a dim suspicion as to the probable history of the great-grandfather of the andrews were all comprehended in that awful oh it induced from mrs eastman the exclamation why mrs marks you know the family don't you aren't they respectable people?' "'Oh, dear me, I hope so, I am sure.' "'Did you ever hear a person say, I'm sure, I hope, it's all right? And then did you observe a peculiar shake of the head? If so, you know just the sort of intonation and manner that made Mrs. Mark's sentence so effective.' "'Dear, dear!' but if there is anything really wrong you know poor mrs streeter ought to be told of it she is so dependent kept at home with those little children of hers all she knows about people is what her friends tell her my dear mrs eastman haven't you lived long enough in this world to realize that the most unthankful thing you can do for people is to interfere in any way with their help i make it a point of honor never to do it but then if the girl is really bad you know i didn't say she is i shouldn't want her in my family to be sure under the circumstances but tastes differ oh i have nothing to say against any of them nor to do with them for that matter let well enough alone i say if the family are really suffering the authorities ought to be informed though why virtuous people should have any occasion to suffer through poverty in a world so full of work as ours is more than i can comprehend what had mrs marks said against the andrews family nothing absolutely nothing were they dishonest who knew she had not breathed such a hint and you heard her distinctly declare that she hoped they were respectable yet mrs eastman as she thoughtfully evolved the matter wondered what it could be and resolved to lose no time in warning her particular friend mrs streeter against her new girl at the same time it seemed useless to try to pursue the subject further mrs marks was so averse to anything that looked like gossip she reluctantly dropped it and took up another did you know that mrs decker's husband is very sick i hadn't heard of it until i called there yesterday and i found the bell muffled and the girl came tiptoeing around the house to ask me to go out at the side gate because the other made a noise i was very much shocked the last time i saw him he seemed to be in perfect health i hadn't heard of it said mrs marks sewing away calmly but i am not in the least surprised in fact if i ever expected to hear of any one's sickness i may say i expected his why pray oh dear me don't ask me i never like to descend to particulars about people it savors too much of gossip especially when they are people who don't concern me the man just astonished me that is all what doctor do they employ dr nellis and i guess he must have spent the night there mr eastman walked up with him about eleven o'clock and this morning when he went down to the four o'clock train he said he saw him coming out of there is it possible that they employ dr nellis well i am astonished i should think they would be the last people who would want dr nellis in their house under the circumstances my dear mrs marks why not isn't he accounted one of the most skillful physicians in town i dare say he is by those who happen to like him for that matter there is nothing easier than to build up a name in the medical profession a little judicious flattery frequently bestowed takes the place of wisdom wonderfully well in the minds of some people and atones even for awful mistakes dr nellis is really an adept at flattery i have heard but i am not one of the sort to be influenced in that way i employ a physician on account of his skill i don't care whether he is handsome or homely and he may be as rude as a bear if he will only attend to his business always provided that he understands his business in the first place mrs marks you surprise me beyond anything i always supposed that dr nellis stood at the head of his profession so he may be for all i know to the contrary he is not my physician i am not a believer in young doctors anyway they are much more likely to make mistakes than men who have had long experience and an error in their profession is so often fatal i'm sure i don't see how mr decker can endure the sight of that man but the poor man may be so sick that he doesn't know who attends him my dear mrs marks i wish you felt at liberty to tell me just what is the trouble about dr nellis i am so surprised i should consider it confidential of course i don't say there is any trouble with the man i wouldn't say it for the world the deckers have had an experience that would set some people against him for life But if they can trust him again, I am sure anybody may. Oh, I have nothing against him, nothing at all. I hope Mr. Decker will recover. It would be a heavy blow to them if he followed his son so soon. Did they lose a son? Why, how long ago? It must have been before they moved here. It was when they lived in Portville. Portville? Isn't that the place where Dr. Nellis came from? the very place and he was their doctor when they lived there this time mrs marks bowed her head with her lips drawn in that peculiar pucker which indicates what volumes could be told if she should only happen to let them out of their pucker but the determined eyes said she would never do it never mrs eastman sighed again over her difficulties in acquiring knowledge well she said i really must go i act as though i had nothing in the world to do this afternoon but talk with you and i started out on a soliciting tour i want to get half through my street if i can oh said mrs marks that reminds me i wanted to warn you not to go to the petersons with your subscription paper why not pray i was depending on them for a good lift why shouldn't i go there because they won't give and it will only embarrass them to have to decline and add to the talk but why in the world should they decline you know they are abundantly able to give i suppose they are really the wealthiest family there is in our church that has nothing to do with it you will find they won't help assent toward any scheme which mr belden favors so strongly why mrs marks their own pastor are they offended with him mrs marks sewed away at her flannel for a moment then raised her eyes with an impressive look and a sigh and said i suppose they are but what is it all about and when did it happen i thought they were the most intimate friends so they were but it is something that he has said which has offended them of all inconsiderate people with their tongues i do think ministers are the worst one would think they might have the wisdom to be quiet and you don't know what it is that has offended them oh i have my suspicions but then i am not one you know to talk about such things i must say i don't wonder at the way they feel businessmen you know have to be very careful of their reputation else there is serious trouble i don't suppose he meant to make any serious charge but to say the least it was very thoughtless there don't ask me any more about it i'm sure i hate such things and i don't want to have anything to do with them did i ever hear the like in all my life exclaimed mrs eastman with uplifted hands why i quite depended on the petersons to give me a large donation do you think there is no use in my going there oh none in the world it might be very unpleasant to you since you are not specially acquainted with them and besides the sooner such things are hushed up the better that is if they can be hushed up the petersons are a very influential family and they are proud people especially in a question that concerns their good name besides a church quarrel is really the most difficult thing to handle in the world and when the minister gets mixed in with it the case is almost hopeless yes indeed that is true murmured mrs eastman and she honestly supposed herself to be pretty sure of just what there was to handle oh one moment she said as she was about to pass down the walk leading to the gate will you be so kind as to give me the address of that young woman who used to sew for you phillips i think the name is hattie phillips she lives on third street corner of broad but don't employ her if that is what you are after don't why i thought she was quite superior she is a good enough sewer but there are other things besides sewing you know to be desired in a dressmaker especially if you have to trust her entirely i don't want to injure the woman of course though as a friend i advise you not to employ her no i won't even say that you can act your own judgment about it she may do well for you i will only say that i have had enough of her dear me some of those poor sewing-girls are tempted to be dishonest sometimes i hope she is not one of them oh well we'll hope so if that will do her any good though as you say there are great temptations in her work but i am not prepared to say anything about her in that way or in any other except that i shall look elsewhere for my help and then Mrs. Eastman did finally bid this good woman farewell, and went down the street, intent not so much on the errand which had called her out, as toiling under the weight of new and strange impressions that she had received. As for the good woman, she went back to her pretty sewing-room and sewed the warm flannel sleeve, firmly and neatly, into the nightgown of Mrs. O'Flanagan's sick child, for she was a woman who often spread out her hands to the poor, End of section one.